You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast on East Central Indiana's favorite podcast network, Fair Libertarians. Is that the way we start this? This is episode number 166 of the Boss Heart of Liberty. I'm joined today by fill-in co-host, or maybe real co-host, I don't know, Sean Rouse here, Zach Bertram is here, and of course, Dakota Davis. It's Now, Zach is here and Dakota is here. This, is this awkward? Mm-hmm. Are we okay? This is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> don't know if I should be sitting in this seat or not. Today's episode features the four of us. We're going to be talking about uh, all sorts of things, but really, uh, Jeremiah just wanted a racing show so bad that he he just was feeling the, the withdrawals and the discomfort from not having one in May that we will be talking about NASCAR today. We're going to be talking about uh, Bubba Wallace and kind of everything that goes that goes into that story. We have a fact sheet that Patreon members get, and uh, we have there's all the facts in that story, everything that... Uh, you want to know everything that you need to know that the memes on Facebook do not tell you. Um, we're going to talk about that, and then we also have our in-house philosopher slash defense attorney Sean Rao, who's going to be helping. Um, you know, just just keep things rolling. He's gonna he's gonna help us realize whenever we've done something that's uh, just intellectually incorrect and uh, correct us as we go along. We really ought to give Sean the ability to mute any of us, so that as if we get into territory that's not. Uh that's not helpful for our futures that uh, he can, want, he can save the, us from uh, the ESPN around the horn button and just slaps <laughs> it. And yeah. I don't, we'll get you the, the, yeah. the app on your phone. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we have any of those worries. I think that all of us are on the right side of history with this moment. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope so. yeah. Let's hope Man, so. I, I think I'm on the right side. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully You'll always learn something new. That's right. Before we get into the show, we have the people over at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. That is where you can go to support the show every month. Uh, we um, That's really what pays the bills around this place. It keeps the lights on, keeps the air conditioning on whenever we need it. It also keeps the internet rolling and, and up to date and uh, provided by the good folks at Metronet. And then there's every there's every possible tier that you could imagine on Patreon. The, we encourage a donation at $5 or more a month. But if you donate at $50 or more a month, then you get a shout out at the front of every episode. Those folks are Chris Lamb, Christy Avery, Jonathan Phillips, and our good friend from Hawaii, Mr. Craig DaCosta. We also have our T-Chip stores. That's where you can get your merchandise. T-Chip.com slash BHOL1, BHOL2, BHOL3. We usually pr- post those links in the uh, in the live chat, but we don't have a producer today to do that. So who knows if that's going to happen? What a jerk leaving us stranded like that! Yeah, it's it's his it's completely his fault that uh, we're recording he's in on, the chat. On this he night do anyway. it in the chat. Yeah, he's he got should. nothing else yeah. going on. Honestly, you're exactly right. <laughs> you could do it from wherever he is. You are exactly remotely right, for sure. And so we are also actively looking for advertisers. We're ready to negotiate. We are. 
uh, we have a we have a really nice sheet that has all of our metrics on it from our Facebook page to uh, how many downloads we get per episode. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you're like, I wonder how big this podcast really is, Huge. all you have to do is just pay us, and you get that information. Find out. <laughs> pay us and find out. <laughs> pay us, and we'll let you see it. Hody Johns is in the chat uh, from the We're Libertarians Network. I listen to Hody, by the way. If you go back and listen to the main uh, the main uh, We're Libertarians feed, uh, Hody is one of the hosts over there, and he had a uh, a video of uh, basically, essentially driving all black and summarizing a few different video video interactions and, and he broke through it. Uh, excellent, excellent shout out for, uh, for Hody over there. It's very, uh, very worth your time. I was, uh, I was trying to make dinner when my wife was working late the other night and I was, uh, Hody kept me company, whether you knew it or not. All right. I've been trying to avoid this topic. I really have. I, I the, in the last month, we've been trying to have fun episodes, fun shows ever since George, the George Floyd incident happened. Uh, and then it's like society has just cracked me in the face over and over again saying, no, you really do need to, you do need to get into this one. And in the last week and a half, it, it's hit the other side of my, my world, not the politics side, but the racing side. Uh, and I know Zach's going to be helpful with this conversation and, and Dakota is going to nod and shake his head and say, yeah, I think I understand. Um, but honestly, I think that you guys are both going to be both Sean and Dakota, not having a, a racing brain, but a pop culture and understanding the world we're in today. I think we're going to be able to bring a, a unique view into this conversation, both from, hey, here's the way the racing world works and in the, hey, here's how politics looks today. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Bubba Wallace is a, a 20-something NASCAR cup driver. It's the very top highest level of NASCAR. Uh, he's been a drive for diversity, uh, graduate essentially. Uh, so for about the last 15 years or 10 to 15 years, he's been racing and he's been coming up the ladder series and NASCAR has invested, I would say Zach in the last 12 years into trying, maybe even the last 15, 20 years trying to make sure that there's diversity in their, in their drivers. Um, you see it. Bubba Wallace has made it to the very top. Eric Almarola, who drove the 43 car before Bubba, is uh is cuban of cuban descent um there's a recently departed but a half japanese driver was in the series uh daniel suarez is a a mexican driver you've seen folks from outside of the country juan montoya obviously a colombian has has been in in the nascar world um i don't know if australians count as diverse or not but marcus ambrose has been in the nascar series so it's not just an american racing series uh, the series, the, the racing style that's most that Zach and I are most, most passionate about is, is IndyCar racing and open wheel. And that is uh, the Americans are almost a minority in that, in that world. Um, they're lucky to have 10 American drivers and on the, on the grid full time in that series. So Bubba is a graduate of the diversity program. Uh, he's had moderate success. He's definitely not the top end highest level guy he's not winning every race in fact he hasn't won a cup series race yet but he's been i would say a competent driver uh in the in the series he's i i pulled his stats today to try to figure out how he did there's basically three levels of top level nascar there's a truck series uh which is like double a ball there's the xfinity series which is basically the triple a one step below the majors and then there's the cup series which is the absolute highest level uh he won six races in the truck series He's had 35 top tens 
in the Xfinity series. And he's had six top tens in about two, just over two years of racing in the cup series. Do 36 races a year, you know, about three or maybe 10% of the time he's in the top 10 of a field. So he's not killing it, but he's also not in one of the best cars. Right. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate all the extra words you're using, Zach. It's just very, I'm trying. This is very helpful. <laughs> you're covering it. So well. <laughs> this is the racing portion of it. You gotta, yes, I'm, I'm trying you to, you guys got to carry us through here. I'm trying to lay the groundwork so that you guys have some background just to understand where we're coming from. And then in the last 10 or 15 minutes of the show, after I'm done talking about the racing, we'll, we'll get into the rest of it. Um, and he's, he doesn't completely suck though. Right? Like he finished in 2018. He finished second in the biggest race of the year for them, the Daytona 500. So that's the open, that's the super bowl of stock car racing. He finished second in 2018 can be kind of a fluky race. You know, that's the, two super speedways are the places where you don't have to have the best car. You have to have some skill and some luck and some talent. All of the things have to come together and you have to usually avoid a big record to, to, to do well, but uh, he's done. Okay. So right now he's 21st in points. There's like 40 cars that start every race. He's literally like the median right at the midpoint. So that, that kind of sets the stage for where he is. Uh, you may have heard his name in this COVID world. When all sports stopped, he was the guy who got in trouble first. Uh, in esports, he rage quit Dakota. He was the guy we uh, talked about okay, on the show yeah. where there was a driver whose sponsor said, the hell with this. We're not paying for you anymore. And the petty enterprise, not petty enterprises, petty motorsports team basically lost a sponsor because he was like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this anymore. He got pissed off at what somebody else did on the track and he turned it off, sent out an angry tweet and he was done. So he's a fiery competitor. He got wrecked twice in like, I think a few minutes and was like, I'm over this. And yeah. Left. And then the next day he caught a lot of flack for saying, this is just a game. Come on guys. This is just a game. I can't, but you know, this is, it's, it's, it's like the Allen Iverson practice. Like this is, you're talking mm-hmm. about practice, right? Mm-hmm. That's all this is. You're wasting talking time. about esports. We're talking about esports. Yeah. This means nothing. This is all we it's have right game. now though. Yeah. And it was a big <laughs> deal. It was on national TV. There was, you know, but it, I also understand we have all got pissed off and thrown the remote, thrown the controller and turned out, turned off the Xbox and been done. Uh, I get it. I, I do understand that one. Um, he's sponsored by Coca-Cola. He's in the Coca-Cola family driver. So if you watched the, uh, the race this last week, uh, the in-car camera, it's Coca-Cola everywhere, right? So he's got some big money sponsorship as well. Um, but it's also an uh, somewhat underfunded team. You also notice that the car had the uh, victory junction gang camp, the, uh, uh, the family charity essentially was on the side of the car, which tells me that they didn't really have sponsorship for them, uh, for the quarter panels, not the side pod, Zach, but the quarter panels on the, uh, on the 43 Chevy. Uh, he also got in some trouble last year, a little bit of a fight. He, I think he's saying this is, this is not out of the ordinary for any race car driver at all. Uh, but he got into a bit of a scuffle with a guy named Alex Bowman at Charlotte last year, went over to his car and I think he sprayed some water in the guy's face, which once again, Zach, that's, 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 that's Danica Patrick, Milkaduno stuff yeah. right there, right? That's NASCAR. We've seen it. Uh, so you've seen Lake speed was in Newcastle this last weekend, by the way. Really? I got a Lake Speed sighting at the uh, go-kart track and Lake Speed is a guy that took a punch in the face while he's still strapped in his car from Michael Waltrip. Um, so that's <laughs> these things happen in NASCAR. Um, so that's Bubba Wallace. It's a safe time to punch somebody though. Yeah. When they, when he's still stuck mm-hmm. in his car and that, it was, that, it was back in the day before they had the closed helmet. So he would have been sitting there open faced and ready to hmm. ready to ready to sock in the nose. And the guy can't get back out and get you. Uh, I think he got fined for that. So Bubba has tried, um, and he's 20, I don't know, we'll have to look it up. I think he's 25. I would say he's, he's 25, 26, so he's just a touch older than you, Dakota. Hmm. Um, 
and he's just, he's a race car driver. And the view that I've had is that he's 26 years old, born October 3rd, 1993. He just wants to race, right? He doesn't want to be the, the poster child, the Jackie Robinson of this. He's not the first black NASCAR driver. They go back generations. There was Bill Lester raced 15 years ago in the cup series, not full time, but he was there. I mean, you can he's go, supposed, he wants to get to where he's at on the results. Right. On. He wants to just be another racer. So I think he has intentionally tried not to identify as, Hey, I'm the black guy. He's been, Hey, I'm a race car driver. Who's also black. It's the, the that's the mentality that I've had. I've never looked at Bubba Wallace and said, Oh, Hey, there's the black guy. I said, Oh, that's the, that's the guy that's driving the 43 car. He replaced Eric Almarola and he's, you know, competent. Doesn't, doesn't suck, but he's also not there just because he's bringing a check from so-and-so he's actually a paid driver, uh, which, some guys aren't right. That's uh, that's not the way that always works. But in the last month, he has become us a, a target of conversation. Uh, and when the Black Lives Matter stuff came came back up after George Floyd, he started wearing the shirt. So like he he wore the shirt saying, "No, I recognize that people are paying attention to me. I have a platform, and I have I have a a duty to to do this." He was even being asked. Yeah. He was, he was because he's the, the one guy in the paddock. He had other drivers and people coming to him and asking him, about how should I stuff. respond? How he should was, I respond? Like, what, what can I do? Things like that. And so all of a sudden he realizes he's like, Oh, maybe I should actually like have say something because I'm the guy that people are looking to for that kind of information and perspective. And as I'm looking at, I, I always try to look at things the way I would see them. And obviously I, I have a very different experience but I also know that if I was asked to be the official spokesperson of anything in any group of people, I'd be like, I do not want that job. Right. Like it's not, that's not, it's not fair to ask anybody to do that because as soon as you start to speak, Sean, as soon as you start to speak for all defense attorneys, you're going to start to hear that all defense attorneys don't believe. I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Or Dakota, if you're talking on behalf of all, all heroes out there, um, they keep the lights on in the summertime. You, they're going to be varied opinions. Yes. So he was, do that. Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was a, um, a hesitant spokesperson to start with. There's been a conversation in NASCAR. It's obviously a, a sport that started in the Southeast and it, the, a lot of Southeastern history, has been tied to it because the same people that would go to the races also had other things going on in their, in their world. Well, didn't NASCAR really get started because they were like, I guess not NASCAR, but making cars go as fast as possible started because of booze running. Yeah. They were, they were moonshiners. Yeah. In the South, in the Southeast. Yeah. You basically, you're taking, you, you would have a still somewhere in Appalachia and you were trying to get it to market. That was, that most, was most of thing. like the founders of NASCAR spent some time in prison for that. Jail. Mm. Well, I mean, not prison, jail, jail. jail. Yeah. They yeah. spent some junior in the junior Johnson wing of the, of the County jail and Dakota's disappearing. So, uh, Lewis Orcutt's in the chat and he says, I listened to Bubba when he can drive a winning car, a winner circle in NASCAR. So we covered that Lewis. We, uh, Bubba's won six times in the truck series, which is six more than me. Um, <laughs> it's more than that's, everybody in this room combined. We spent the, we spent the first ten minutes uh, recognizing that Bubba is deserves to be on the track. He's he's a very competent and very uh, accomplished racer to get to this point. So we've got that out of the way. 
uh, we're going to have a conversation now about the uh, about overlaying this sport or of motorsports into the political climate of what we have now. So NASCAR's had a history of, and it's the same same thing you would have seen when Janine Lee Lake was running for Congress two years ago. There was a big story that came out about the Confederate flags that were being sold at the Moreland Fair. Well, those the guy that sells the flags at the Moreland Fair probably sold them to some NASCAR fans as well, because you would see on occasion at the tailgate or in the camping area somebody running running their is it stars and bars. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that you see that flag there along with their you know uh, Saturdays are for the boys and their American flag. The whole the whole thing. Um, NASCAR made a decision to say that in the areas we control, no more Confederate flags. Right. So that happened June 13th. We are June 24th. That was 11 days ago. This has been the fastest changing story. I had a show in my mind yesterday as to where that oh, was going to be. It blew up in the middle of the afternoon. And then yesterday by sunset, I'm like, well, damn it. I guess we got to update this again. So uh, that's why show notes didn't come out to the last possible second too. Um, NASCAR said no more Confederate flags at the racetrack. The next race Granted, all of this is happening in COVID too, right? Mm -hmm. So there's really not any fans. There were going to be like 5,000 fans at the NASCAR race in Talladega. There was no camping. The drivers, the series, they are literally flying in that day, no practice, show up, run the car, leave. That's the way it's been working for the last month or so in the NASCAR world. I I even heard that they don't even go into the garage area. They're like in their bus and they're told, okay, time. Leave their bus, walk to the car, which is on the pit lane, and get in the car and race. So it, it is not the usual experience of when Zach and I have been to races in the past. It's not the two or three days. Right. Everybody's out there tailgating. It's we're not there yet as a, as in the, in the motorsports world, we're getting there, but we're not there yet <clears throat> to get their message across. Somebody hired a plane, Dakota, mm-hmm. and they, and yeah. they had them fly a banner and it was the Confederate flag. So which immediately made the news, right? So there's an ESPN story. June 21st, which is Sunday, Sunday, the day of the race, Confederate flag. So that now we are into don't have the Confederate flag. Now we're racially tinged of, oh, my God, somebody's protesting us by flying this this flag. So everybody is on DEFCON 10. Does anyone know why the Confederate flag is such a big deal? That's a great question. I wish I could answer that for the people. And there's also I think there's a vendor across the street who was saying like record sales. I don't know who he was selling them to because there weren't many fans there, but he was like, I'm selling more than I've And NASCAR had actually come out. A, they started asking fans to n- please leave them at home five years ago after the mm. Charleston shooting. They said, cause they're trying to separate themselves and they're like, they just said, can you guys please leave them home? But they said, we aren't going to ban them. We're not going to enforce anything. And then they kind of took this opportunity. And I think they waited. Somebody asked, Bubba Wallace said, does this bug you? Do you think? And he's like, yeah, they should, they shouldn't be around. They should ban them. And NASCAR, I don't think it was an hour after that. They said, yep, you got it done. And it was social media just lit up on fire. I I just don't understand it. It, It's, I don't get it at all. I don't either. Cause when you try to ask somebody to defend it, they almost, you get kind of the same answers, but it's never really, they try to you say it. it they always, you always hear the, the heritage, not hate. It's like, yeah, but your heritage were people that fought for the, for basically everything that goes against what this country stands for. The fact that 
all men are created equal. So on, it, on behalf of a country that existed for like five years, like 160 years ago. Yeah. That, that nobody you've ever that didn't, met that didn't win, that didn't win the, the lost, but it, it is also, <laughs> I will, yeah. I will say for context, this is not support in any way, but I, the, it occurred to me that the Confederate flag is also still in some state flags, mm-hmm. right? right? Mississippi has, has that in, in their, in their flags. Yeah. Still. Have you, uh, I think they're the, still the only state that does it because the state of Georgia, they got rid of it in 2003. Yeah. But did they really, have you, I don't know. Have you seen, I, I have to you be honest, se- I've been to Georgia like four times in my life and I've never really cared about their state. Do flag. a, do a, a, something real quick for me and look up Georgia state flag, Confederate flag. Just the, those words. So, Okay, yeah, you're looking at the the flag of Georgia, which is it looks. This is what they adopted in 2003. It, it looks similar it, to a Betsy Ross flag, where it's got the 13 stars in a circle. There's an, an emblem representing the state of Georgia um, inside of those stars, and then there are um, the three very wide um, red, red and stripes. white stripes. Sure. So, if you look at that, and then you look up. The the real Confederate flag, the fl- the official flag of the Confederacy, because the one that we're talking about, the stars and bars, which is just a, a battle flag for mm-hmm. the Confederacy, it, it's the exact same flag. <laughs> uh, I I do see the resemblance there. This is this looks a lot like. Uh, yeah. So did this uh, looks a lot like under pressure versus ice ice baby. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. a it's a heavy sampling. <laughs> it's the exact same flag with it. Just the only difference is that the that the state of Georgia ad- added the the Georgia state seal inside of the stars on the flag. That's mm-hmm. the only difference. So did they really get rid of the Confederate flag? No. Yeah. Hard no for me on that one. Uh, I, in their defense, and I will just do just for fun. And this the, is this is where we'll go off the trails. Uh, off the rail, uh, their original state flag also was very similar. It was yeah, the, 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 they were part of the Confederacy too. Well, yeah, but they were, the, they were Georgia <laughs> before they were the Confederacy. Yeah. So I, you know, it's, it's not the stars and bars. I, I can tell you that if, if I was, if I showed that picture of the current Georgia flag to a hundred people, maybe two of them would say, oh yeah, there's a problem there. Unless you walk them yeah, down the rabbit hole. Unless you're a student of history. Well, that's like why that, there's, the, there's the two people. You yeah. might be able to show it to 100 people who have Confederate flags and they couldn't. And they'd be like, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's boring. Correct. Well, that's the other thing you see on social media a lot. I, I see the people making posts that say, this flag isn't even the real flag of the Confederacy. I saw a this post is just about a that. battle it flag. It gave some timeline. It said it wasn't yeah. really in use for most of the Civil War. It like came and, in and like, or something. Then why does it matter to you so much? Right. Yeah. The fact that you care because so badly about saving about saving the flag of traitors that betrayed everything that our nation stood for. And they these were men that fought for the right to own people as property. How do you stand beside that and go, No, I still wanna I still wanna have that flag? I want I want to be proud of that part of my family's history. Well, there's all this. What southern, is wrong with you? There's all this southern history that, as four Northerners up here, we we didn't grow up with it's or true. understand. So it's That's, really hard for us to put it in the context. What I always get confused by are the people 
in Indiana and Michigan and Wisconsin. <laughs> they're flying the Confederate flag. It's like, dude, you were we were yeah. on the other side. Yeah, man. like was, what's. Uh, they, you're, you're rooting for the away team here. Hey, what's going hey on? buddy, we Are killed you, them. It'd yeah. be like yeah. flying the ISIS flag, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's one flying like a block from here on this road. Yeah. The road the studio's on, there's one flying. Yes. It's like, I'm always like, where's, where, where, I mean, but we're in New Tucky. Well, know? but Kentucky was in the Union, too. Yeah. Just, yeah. I know families split either way, but officially Kentucky yeah. was in the Union. Yeah. It, you you got to get down to Tennessee. It's always been weird to me. And to Sean's point, that's why I started the conversation by going why yeah. why is it important i genuinely don't get it like it it doesn't even make it doesn't make sense to me to be so defensive about it like it that uh the monuments i don't understand why that's such a big deal uh it i i just don't i don't understand why you would have any why you would want to honor people that wanted to own people and you could have monuments in a history museum yeah I, uh, I, that's questionable now too i, I think that's that, also well, a problem in the last you have, week. You have a, the teddy roosevelt <laughs> monument where he's like i'm the white man and here's the indian here's the black guy yeah. i'm gonna well that one's sort of white. that one's weird yeah, too so it's a weird statue too it, it looks kind but I mean, of as a historical piece that's where those things yeah. belong uh it doesn't it doesn't they don't belong in a there, there shouldn't be a confederate monument in, in indianapolis indiana like that just doesn't make any sense no it was so I, I looked into that one too. So uh, Pothole Joe, Mayor Joe Hogsett in Indianapolis, uh, friend of the family. Hello, Joe. Uh, Rushville, Indiana, by the way. A, a proud lion, I'm sure. Uh, there was a, there, there's a monument in Garfield Park, right? Originally, referencing correct. Originally, it was there because it was a burial site, and they actually had folks interred there. They then removed those individuals and moved them to a uh, to Crown Hill. Yeah, and then the monument was still there. And, and that's fine, but we don't need the monument there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can, you can yeah. have the, the sites identifying the, the deceased without having the the monument there. You know, I had, it's, it's just I, part of how we got here. Because I, I yeah. the same thing. You're like, how in the hell is that in Indianapolis, Indiana? I had this conversation with my dad talking about that. And, it, I mean, we were just having a, a genuine conversation. Because like, I think before the news broke that that was getting removed, neither one of us even realized that it was there. Yeah. I remember yeah. the story probably seven, eight, nine years ago that it was mm-hmm. there and then it fizzled out mm-hmm. in, in doing just, you know, cursory reading of, Hey, I clicked on the article to understand. I also saw that the monument was erected in the twenties, uh, when the Klan mm-hmm. ran yeah, with most it. of the state and the as, municipal as governments, most, as most of those Confederate statues were, uh, were during Jim Crow yeah. and during the twenties and thirties, they were symbols of, they weren't some erected them, right after the Civil War yeah, to be like, oh yeah, you remember General, General Lee? He he fought a he fought for us two years ago. What a great guy <laughs> he is! He's still over here. It's no, it was to put black people put in their place. Somebody, yeah. it, was a, it was like a reminder, and then like a trolling of the North. Like yes. we didn't keep, we didn't say you can't put anything up to remind. So they was like, yeah, hey, we'll just keep doing this. And the, it was a reminder. I mean, it's just it's bizarre to even hear people defend and like the monument in Garfield Park. It wasn't, but like actual statues of actual Confederate leaders. I was like, that's just, it was supposed to be like a memorial headstone because all of those prisoners of war, apparently all their bodies got exhumed and moved a couple of times and bones got all mixed matched and stuff. And I will, I will say the chat is, is busy right now with folks that are saying, Hey, the Confederate flag has been a symbol symbol of being a rebel 
or freedom from tyranny, essentially. That's that's what's being offered up. That said, <laughs> it was for the uh, the uh, the army that uh, that lost for armed, armed insurrection against the United States government. I mean, let's just call it what it is. No, Abe yeah. Lincoln is a war criminal. We, yeah. should, we should know <laughs> that uh, that that he uh, he was horribly unconstitutional and uh, and a war criminal yeah, in many the, ways. In the tyranny of telling you that you can't own other people. What and what is the worst and treat them like mm-hmm. below? What's the worst tyranny? Tyranny from a government telling you you can't own people or being owned by a person. Yeah, who does who treats you like property and not like a human being? Yeah. Okay. So we have successfully <laughs> so solved that issue in a American vast, history. For a we large will, amount of the population, the the Confederate flag itself is a symbol of tyranny. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Well, how would you feel like if you're an African American looking at that? I mean, just in general, it's like these people fought to keep people like but me as my, a slave. In my sociology class at Ivy Tech, the prestigious mm-hmm. school, I'm a proud graduate. The, I will uh, never. It's, cut, I, it's cut Ivy. Yeah, it's, it's the, Ivy. It is the Ivy League of Muncie. Yes. Yeah, it's not the Harvard of Muncie, <laughs> but it is. It is in the Ivy League. I remember my professor was talking about like cultural institutions and and different things, and he had a uh, he had. He, they specifically showed pictures in this section of our textbook for some reason of black people wearing Confederate flag as articles of clothing. And uh, I forget what the context of that was. Oh, I know. I remember now is that, uh, it was, uh, there were some people that took it as a, like a strike against the Confederacy. Like it, it kind of like how w- some women will call each other slut and things you know, like, like they're taking it. And yeah. Putting, yeah. And, and to be more taking control of the context and the meaning. Exactly. And, and, uh, doing those sorts, sorts of things. And then he said that, um, he had a good friend in college who is an African American man who wore a giant rebel flag belt buckle. And, uh, whenever people would ask him about it, he would just say, cause he was a rebel man. So, uh, there, uh, so it. I understand people have their own opinion. They can they can choose to to have the flag if they want to. NASCAR is a private organization. When they rent a track, they control it. They own it. They decide it, yep. and they say, "Hey, we're not going to have that here." Right? right. You are if you're going to be on the grounds, you are in agreement to these are the rules we're going to play by if you're going to be here. So you're not going to display that fabric at these at this facility. It's a it's a private group at that point, and they have it. Mm-hmm. That's that's that is a decision that they're making, mm-hmm. uh, and it's in their self interest to do that because they have Bush, they have Xfinity, they have Progressive, or you know wh- whoever whoever is sponsoring them, paying the bills wants to have a, an image that is that is acceptable to the majority of the American public. So it's it's in it's in their interest. You can't you don't see that the Confederate flag is at a uh, at a Georgia football game, right? You're not. You're not necessarily flying it there. You're not flying it at a an Alabama football hey, game. You don't, it's SEC country, you but don't, you don't necessarily. I've never been to an SEC game, a football game uh, down there, but I, I've never been aware of any Confederate flags being flown down I, there. Well, for I think the SEC came out in the last tailgates. week with a statement and said that they're not going to like host any tournaments or anything in Mississippi in, until they get the Confederate flag out yeah. of their state flag. They're like until you fix that, you're not going to be hosting any events hmm. for us. So, and that gets things moving. Like it's. Yeah. Even for NASCAR, it might not be as much of a moral decision as it's a business decision. Yeah. They want to be welcoming. They want to 
you're they're losing fans like a lot of sports are, and they're trying to get them mm-hmm. bring in new fans, and you can't have people flying things that make other people uncomfortable. So, so we've, the, whatever that would be, we've well, set the tone of hypersensitivity, right? That was June twenty first, last Sunday in Talladega, Talladega, Alabama. They said no, no flags. Somebody pays for a, fl- a plane to fly the flag. So now NASCAR, the teams, everybody, probably especially Bubba Wallace's team, yeah. is on edge. COVID, it's COVID time. So there are maybe 20 people that travel with the team. That is it. There's hardly anybody on the grounds of the track. Bubba has flown in and he is in his motor home on, uh, waiting to be called to his car. That's it. These guys don't have a trailer they go to to get dressed or anything. They've got a suitcase. They go change in the car. They change in their in their camper. And then they walk out to the car. They get in and they race. That's it. So Bubba Wallace has not been in his garage area. He hasn't worked on his car. He hasn't seen his car since it sat in Charlotte, North Carolina, most likely. And he probably didn't even see it there, honestly, because of COVID, because they're not really allowed to do that. His team alerts NASCAR or NASCAR figures out, hey, we believe that there is a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage. Probably one of his crew members saw it and notified his the crew chief and the crew chief went to NASCAR and said, this is in the garage stall. And so it was a crew chief. Yeah. Well, it was somebody in the crew notified the crew chief who then went to NASCAR and they're like, okay, we need to look into this. And at some point in there, the statement came out of what had been found. So NASCAR extremely aggressively runs out and says, absolutely not. Whoever did this lifetime ban, Steve Phelps, who is the, uh, I, I don't know if he's the president of NASCAR now, or if he's the executive, he's, he's the number one guy. NASCAR is now a publicly traded company. It was a family owned. The France family had it. Now it's part of international speedway corporation. It's gotten to be very corporate. It's not controlled by the Francis. So Steve Phelps has been in charge the last three or four years. Steve calls Bubba and says, Hey, we need to talk. And Bubba, this isn't, there's an interview that was on uh, with Don Lemon yesterday, kind of explaining from Bubba's point of view. And that's where I'm going on a lot of this. So if you check uh, YouTube, Don Lemon and Bubba Wallace, this is, this is there. This is what I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Bubba says, Steve Phelps calls me and says, I need to see you right now. And Bubba's like, oh my God, I screwed up. He, this guy doesn't call me. He's like, I want to come see you. Like, Holy shit. What did I do? And it's Steve, like the superintendent of the school right, system calling right. the student. Yeah. And he's like, I want to come to your trailer. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. All right. So he shows up and he explains and he's like, Steve Phelps is almost crying, telling him like, this is the most emotional. He's like, this has got to be the most emotional this guy's ever been. Because obviously it's racially tinged. They want to treat things right, do the right thing. Uh, and he's like, we're going to figure out what happened. We're going to deal with it. So they called in. It wasn't just like, hey, I, I assumed when they put the release out, oh, yeah, NASCAR is going to check the tape. They're going to try to figure it out. Turns out they called the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They called the FBI. They came down. The race got rained out on Sunday. So they wound up all having to stay the night. The FBI comes in and interviews everybody on Monday. And by Tuesday night, there's a release saying, hey, uh, now, this didn't happen. It was, it, or it's not what you guys thought it necessarily was. Is it true that they don't put cameras in the garage stalls? That's right. I'd seen somebody say it, that there's not actually cameras in the garage stalls because there's proprietary parts and work being done on the cars. Now there usually is cameras around the garage area, but look, usually security high, cameras looking out, high from up, outside. looking down. Okay. But like, I even thought to myself, cause I mean, you know, I never thought about that. And I've spent a lot of time in like a, paddock in St. Louis and in Indy and uh, at mid Ohio. And you don't see cameras anywhere. I think at Indy they're like up on tops of the buildings and are even on a pole and they're looking down for like camera shots. 
here's Gasoline Alley, but showing the entirety of Gasoline Alley. You see Alley. all three garages You'll in see one all three shot. Gar- yeah, it's a big wide shot. They're not putting individual cameras on. Because there's in for a lot of these tracks, they're only occupied for like maybe a week or two a year total, yeah. three yeah. or four days at a time. In this case, it was a one-day show. So, so And one thing that struck me about the FBI, their statement, is the wording. It said that they discovered that the piece of rope fashioned as a noose had been there since the fall of 2019. They put fashioned like a noose in their statement. So what? So it's not like it was just a piece of rope hanging from the garage door. The the pictures are out there. I shared from my Facebook page, Bob Popgrass, uh, uh, Indiana university graduate. Uh, he posted a picture of from last year that he had on his own cell phone of, Hey, here's what they found. Because that after the FBI announced their findings, everybody in the media went back and looked at you know, hey, I know what to look for now, and they found it, and it was the rope that you would use to lift and lower the garage door. That's what it had been fashioned onto. The year before, in October, when the when the photos were taken, uh, that garage belonged to a different team. It was the Wood Brothers Racing Team. Uh, Paul Menard of yes, that Menard's grocery store. It was his car or grocery store. You can buy your groceries there. You can buy your lumber there. You can buy your plumbing supplies there. Everything's at Menard's. Um, he was in the Menards Ford, uh, and they used that garage there. So every, every year you show up and they say, Hey, uh, you guys are going to be in stall number four this year. You guys are going to be in stall number 15, whatever it is. I'm sure it's probably based on points yeah. where the team is and points at that, at that week. And that's where they end up there. The, the FBI did use the term noose. They, they didn't say, Hey, it wasn't a noose, but they also said, there is absolutely no way that anybody could have known that Bubba Wallace would be in this thing this year. That was coincidence. That's just, just what happened. Um, that said somebody, you know, there's been some backlash because Bubba has said, Hey, I don't care who it is or what it is. It was, it was still a noose Mm -hmm. and it was there. So it's a problem. And I don't know, I'm asking four white guys to answer, uh, the, the symbolism of, of a noose. I, I, that that's one that I'm not comfortable to say is, is necessarily racist or, but it's, it's probably still a problem in his opinion. It's a problem. So therefore it probably is a problem. I think, I think it is a, I think it is a race symbol because of the history of it with the Ku Klux Klan and lynchings and, and things of that nature. Um, but the backlash against him are sort of like the people that, didn't want to believe it anyway and and don't just people that would operate from bad faith anyway about black lives matter or any, anything revolving around this topic uh people that deny that there's white privilege or people that uh you know just deny that there's even a race problem in america it's it's all of us people talking about it that's what's causing the problem we just shut up like as laura ingram told lebron james shut up and dribble yeah if all these <laughs> people would shut up and dribble and just entertain us and we wouldn't have a problem. Right. It's just such a, it's, it's that sort of mindset, that sort of Fox news mentality that of this, (laughs) of these people that are backlashing against, against uh, Bubba Wallace for, um, you know, just going off the information that he was given. Like he's, he's, he's taking in this information. He's processing it as an African-American man down in the who's, South, who's all of a sudden became a spot spokesman of this. Who's, who's very familiar. He's from with Alabama. He's not a, yeah. he's not from New Hampshire. Originally. He knows what a noose means. Yeah. Like he, yeah. it's not, this isn't, this isn't a foreign 
uh, and it, image. And it is like a bizarre, like I, I tried to read up and see people's responses. Cause some of the responses was when it actually got worse when it, yeah. they, and one guy's like, I don't even understand that as a mechanic. He's like, why would you tie that as you're not? Because you, every time you open or close the door, it's going to crush it's your hand. Tighten down on you. He's right like, now. why would you want, that's the worst. Not I've never, he's like, I've never in 35 years seen somebody use a noose as they're not to use, mm-hmm. to pull their garage door up and down. So it's just kind of a weird thing. And, Maybe it's some people are that oblivious, but yeah, I would think that in that kind of sport in that area, when you're trying to fight that perception of I, the Southern good old boys, they might not occur to people, but that was uh, maybe it's just the way that knots have been taught I, in that family for generation after generation. It's some guy that he know. knows, he knows one good knot for a garage door pole <laughs> and it's a noose. And he's just like, and and so he's it gone, might be harmless, but oh, you don't know. The, yeah. um, the, t- the rope wraps around the top of the loop. Maybe they just fit your hand nicely to yeah. grab onto. So here's the here's the other thing that in this story and the way it was reported, NASCAR never gave a picture of it and saying, "Hey, here's the thing." Yeah, ne- they never showed exactly where it was. It was just in his garage area. It wasn't. You didn't know if it was hung from a rafter above the car. You didn't know if it was an it was something laid on the car. It, ultimately, it turned out to be the garage door. Pull. It was. It was very reactionary because of the events that led up to it. If it because everybody been, was on absolute yeah. alert over the over the last three weeks. If it had been a normal time, I mean, probably it, nobody would have even noticed it. The, either they wouldn't normal. have noticed it, or maybe a, the a team member would have said something and been like, "There's a noose hanging in the garage," and someone would have been like, and, "They would have just came and looked at it and been like, oh, wait, well, so that's the account.' I don't that, think that's a noose, but I also heard that that was the only door." That, that had that knot hanging on it. Think about the bizarreness of that just, being the situation where there's yeah. one noose knot on a garage door in the whole facility and your one black driver gets that garage. The story we got is yeah. that a mechanic from the Wood Brothers team was like, son of a bitch. Uh, I remember that being there last year. Right. That like, I remember that we had that weird ass knot in our thing last October. And then that's when these people started looking at these pictures going, yeah, and then you looked at Twitter, and last night there were pictures before the FBI report came out. Somebody had figured it out, and you started to see multiple photographs of this knot when there was a truck series race there, when the twenty one car was in front of it last October, and then and here's the. It's for sure a noose. The forty three was in that lot. Definitely is a noose. It's tiny, like the size. It's like a noose fit for a your wrist, maybe. A, yeah, your wrist. I was going to say a raccoon. yeah so maybe the maybe the brothers that were there were just trying to do some trapping get some pelts to sell after the race you know up in the haulers so i down in the haulers my frustration after this is over is is what zach started to touch on before is that at that backlash back at bubba over this and people trying to make it a punching bag and they're still today, like people are still digging in the memes the memes are coming harder and harder this is not a juicy smule situation and that was not so zach and i had this conversation in advance going i don't know what's happening here i want to know more this doesn't this sounds horrific yeah uh and it was a real demonstration of how no matter what happens there's a hell of a lot of people in the audience and out in the world that say i'm going to pick my corner and here i I don't have all the information Mm -hmm. but i'm going to dig in hard Mm -hmm. and when when the results came out i was like this is the most ideal 
result for this to be. This was not somebody targeting him on that weekend. It wasn't it planted by somebody looking for me. I was like, at you can hope that this was at best or worst, like a really unfortunate coincidence. And then if, if you want to get down to somebody really needs to learn a different knot for when they're <laughs> working in a garage stall, you could deal with that. But yeah, at least no it joke. wasn't like a targeted thing for that weekend because the other thing was people were thinking about us because of the COVID thing. The only people in the, in the paddock area were, there were no ran, fans. There were no fans. It was you, just your credential, credential people. And so, and they even point out like they had a, a, and actually a perfect display the next day before they had came out with the investigation results. They all push his car out to the grid. All the drivers are behind him. All the crews are behind him. And you have to, everybody's thinking to yourself, well, if it really, somebody did do this, they're walking behind him now acting like they support him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so that wasn't, didn't turn into an issue. So like, if anything, it kind of turned into, did you, they jumped the gun a little bit and releasing it to the press and maybe could have waited a day, but they're trying to be transparent and not be, they don't want to be accused of covering, of it, covering up. it up. So it's there in, you know, NASCAR, NASCAR found a noose in the black guys in the yeah. black guys deal and covered it up and hid it from you. Cause that would probably not go over very well with, uh, with their bajillion dollars and sponsors. Yeah, yeah probably so not. So, uh, be, before we get into anything else, Jeremiah, do me a favor really quick and get Google up again. Yep. I'm here to Google things for you since yep. Guffy's not here. I want you to look up um, Nathan Bedford, Nashville <laughs> statue. I don't want to look up Nathan Bedford. <laughs> it's, yeah, statue. Nathan Bedford yeah. Forrest? No. That's the only Confederate statue that should be allowed to stay up, and you'll see why. Yeah. It's in Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> Nathan Bedford. Nathan Bedford Forrest, he was a yeah. yeah, he was a Confederate general. Oh, this yeah. there there's a bronze and silver statue that is on private ground right off of Interstate 65 just outside of Nashville. It it, it uh, disproves white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone asserts white supremacy, just show him the statue and His like, face, his eyeballs go in different directions. Amazing. His is, uh, his neck is uh it's, all, it's almost it's as the good as for it's an tall men. Man, it's almost as good as the Ronaldo uh, bust, uh, probably about five or ten years ago. I don't know if you guys remember that one. I don't think I do. You'll have to Google that one too. It's We're a, gonna play the Google game. Oh, did it get vandalized? I think it's been pinked. Oh, uh, somebody splattered it with pink paint. Yeah, that's hilarious. It looks from the image, it looks like his tongue is out in one or two of them, but it's not really. It's it, surrounded you'll ha- by. You'll have to put. Yeah. You'll have to put that up against the Ronaldo. <laughs> kind of uh, looks like Dan Cummins, doesn't it? In the world, it's like it, it looks like <laughs> yeah. a Nutcracker. It's like yeah. a Nutcracker's yeah. jaw, like the mouth. There's. Yeah, but there's a full statue, gigantic horse, little tiny. It looks like it's man. based off of a character from like Team America, World Police, or something like yes. that. Like it's, it's it looks like yes, it's perfect. <laughs> it's like it's a bizarre character out of like Mister Rogers' like little neighborhood. Like yeah, it looks like uh, the. Misfit toys. It yeah. would have fit in uh, in the but land of misfit toys. I think toys. that that Confederate statue is on private property. The Nathan Bedford Forest. Oh, it's new. 1998. This is modern <laughs> art. This is not like somebody hey, got paid to do that. <laughs> yeah. Jack Kershaw. Is, is Jack it, Kershaw still with us? Does it say how much that was commissioned for? I would love to know. We're efforting. We're learning. We're learning now. Um, Location and dedication. Oh boy. Here we go. Oh, boy. Kershaw defended the statue by saying somebody needs to say a good word for slavery. That is not, <laughs> that is Whoa. not a quote. That hey ages, guys, why are we defending well. slavery anymore? <laughs> that, 
That Come on, quote, it's 1996. Crap. That quote does not age well. This is 1998. Is that what you said? He yeah. was born in 1913. Born in 1913. He died in Nashville at the age of 96. That's why it's. That's why it's such a horrible statue. It was made <laughs> by an old racist. He wow. could probably barely see. His yeah, hands are wow. shaking. It disproves white supremacy. It does. Wow. Um, it's a yeah. hilarious statue. It's a, it's a top five for sure. As far as hilarious. I mean, like, it is on art. private land. You could slap a different name on it, throw it in a theme park, and it would just fit in there. <laughs> He'll go to Dollywood at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He well, also yeah. did a no, Dolly Parton probably wouldn't even take it. She's oh, I don't know. Hasn't she been donating a bunch of money to Black Lives Matter causes and things? I th- I think Dolly follows in, wherever the money goes. In late so. December, mm-hmm. well, that those are fighting. Well, there was there was a, <laughs> I, I there was a joking push to have her statue replace all of yes, the statues that were coming yeah. down. Just replace them all with Dolly Parton statues. <laughs> it, it was, it was vi- vandalized of with life. Pink Peyton twenty seventeen. Wow, twenty seventeen. Huh. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny. It, it is surrounded by Confederate flags, though. Different, different Confederate flags. Protesters tried to pull it down once by. a tying it to a train it's protected by a gate now um that'll do the trick no rope can get through this the, gate the, the thing, city the, the city of nashville tried the city of nashville tried to um tried to cover it up with some plants and the dot said no you can't whose private property is it on i have no idea that's i remember the story now of some it guy named Bill by, Doris owns it. I remember the story now of it getting covered by pink paint, and I remember the du- the dude doing a television interview that owns a statue, saying that someone thought that it needed a paint job, and he thought it looked fantastic. And he's got a he's got like a, a Jeff Sessions Southern gentleman accent. Owned by <laughs> Nashville businessman Bill Doris. He's a business man. I'm in the old business. Oh, boy. <laughs> Country music business. <laughs> yeah, he's probably some record executive out of Nashville. So, yeah, I back to the Bubba Wallace thing. I have been, I, I, I guess I wanted to talk higher level about how this has been handled by folks. And I think, Zach, you're right about how NASCAR has handled it. I've been disappointed with folks and the response that they've had to it, it just essentially running out and blaming blaming him and the memes of even when you just you lay out for them he didn't know about it it was reported that's to news. him by nobody, nascar nobody and they're like they're like it doesn't matter to yeah me. he doesn't know he doesn't know a tire well, iron from a burning cross you're, you're is, that, already, is the meme yeah. you're getting you're already dealing with people who are acting in bad faith who don't want to engage in you with in a reasonable rational discussion anyway so it's sort of like those people are just kind of off anyway like they're the same people that are going to deny racism is an issue in america probably most likely and oh, so they don't want to see it. Um, you know, Kay Coger posted some stuff about it. And when it, when the news broke about it and he was, and I did the same thing I posted when the results were out, I'm like, okay, you know, this is, this is what we, this is about as good as we could hope for, for what yeah. was the result. Of, and, but people would come, we were screaming back to Kate's post and they'll just start going off about, oh yeah, this is all faked. And, and it's like, no, this is, and yeah, but one person in one of the discussions had said, all this racist stuff doesn't actually happen. As you guys were talking about it. 10 right. minutes ago, I didn't know right. this was happening. I was like, I don't, I'm like, I guess, and maybe there are people that just don't leave Henry County and they're not interacting with other people. I don't know how, but I don't know how anybody could say none of this is happening until people told me about it. Like literally just finger in their ears. If I don't hear it, I don't see it. We're in a bubble. Uh, yeah. there, there, there is a real bubble. It's, it's not as easy to be in the bubble in the world of connectivity, but I think we are all probably more connected than the average individual is. Uh, and we also, 
I've seen from a congressional candidate today that there are people that will only listen to folks in their in their echo chamber. So if you don't think like I do, block, unsubscribe, not going to hear from you anymore. And then it just continues to feed and it gets louder. You get a feedback loop and it gets louder. Okay. So uh, we make the, you make the point that that's putting yourself in an echo chamber. But I mean, at the same time, it, the having all kinds of craziness constantly coming through your newsfeed every day, Mm -hmm. that, that's not healthy for you either. So, I mean, maybe you're creating an echo chamber by just having your friends and family and people that uh, think like you, but you're also not getting bogged down with all the noise from everyone who, especially a congressional candidate, that because they're in the media a lot, they're seeing a lot of things, they're probably going to be getting a lot of messages from people that just disagree with them from the get-go. So, uh, it I don't know. That's a weird line. I've even right had people, there for I've even had people that are very reasonable. And you know, if I've ever had to like a disagreement with like Kate and I don't agree a lot, but Kate's great to have a discussion with. And the people I've like, I, I have a lot of respect for these people and I trust them to be fairly reasonable. And then they have, everybody has found a topic in this, all in the situations that they have, these people have, like dug in and are not only like, they don't want to hear another side of it. They are, actively telling you if you have a difference of opinion with me on this topic unfriend me yeah that's and, where and, and, it's and, a little and weird stuff that there's obviously and i'm just like and i've like because sometimes i'm not sure about my perspective on something i'm like i'm not sure if i'm seeing this I, I, all and i am like and i can't some of those topics it's a hard to find somebody on the other side to say can we talk this out so i can see what your side is and maybe i yeah, can understand yes. it it's hard to find somebody who's willing to even say to go in to like have that kind of discussion with on some of these topics. And it's been, and there's so much going on that there's at least one or two topics like that. Well, the the problem with that we are in today with social media um, and the clickbait media that we have is that people have hardcore beliefs that they believe are a hundred percent true, but you ask them to explain it, expound on their beliefs. They don't really know. Half the time, it's just it, because they because it, that's just what they see on their Facebook feed a lot. Right. It's not it's not something that they took the time to read about it and to go. This is the opinion that I'm formulating on this, or I had this same opinion a few years back whenever a similar situation arose, and that's the opinion I'm going to have today. It's not even that. It's just this. This is what I'm I'm seeing memes. Mm-hmm. All over Facebook, yes, all all kinds of memes. We're in, a, we're in a meme economy now. Yeah, and I'm seeing all this clickbait that <laughs> is generated by the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, places that used to be institutions of real journalism that now make clickbait articles. Then you can't even read the article because you have to get through their paywall. Mm-hmm. So the only information you get is from their clickbait headline. From the headline, and that's yeah. even if somebody reads. The article because I know a perfect example and I I commented this like this is a perfect example of what's wrong with this country right now. There was an article and I think it was like WTHR or Wish TV, which you can read those articles. And it was about the Knightstown Police Department situation where they mm-hmm. had all these did like almost all their officers resign. And like eighty percent of the comments were, "Well, I'd resign too with all the the stuff going on with police <laughs> officers today." I was like, "You guys," I was you like, "This is no idea. This has nothing to do with that." I was like, "This is if you." followed anything or read the article, you know that 
they're not happy with the way their department's being handled by local officials has nothing to do with their interaction with the general public. doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't Shut fit. Up. It's it nothing I, to do with This is just a place for me to type my words. In, in, it, post my memes. It's a, post it's my Indiana, memes. Nice Town is an Indiana town with 2,000 people. Why do they need a police department? Why can't they do this? Why can't they follow God I'm Emperor surprised. Darren Jacobs and just have <laughs> and just hire a town marshal so, and move on? They had seven police officers resign. And I was shocked to find out that they had seven police officers for 2000. It seems like an extreme amount for, I, I mean, everyone in this room has been in Knightstown that I've been pulled over in Knightstown. Oh my God. I'm in the club. How do you, how do you even manage? (laughs) Yeah, that's, you must've been, you must've been doing something. Uh, uh, Well, yes, I was, uh, I was, I was accelerating, (laughs) I was accelerating leaving town. It's not 55 in front of the livestock auction. I'll tell you that. Coasting. (laughs) So uh, back to the bubble Wallace thing. There was, there was, he caught some flack and I think it was for being extremely positive before the FBI results were there, were done, were out. He got out of the car and he spoke to the media at Talladega and he said, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing my mask. I just wanted to show whoever it was that you're not going to take away my smile. I'm going to keep on going. I don't know how you can reply any better to this than that. If you, at that moment, Perfect. when you think yes. that somebody, somebody has given you a death threat or you don't know what happened because it, I, I, I missed it in the Steve Phelps thing, but when he, he was saying that when he started to hear the, the, Hey, there's been a hate crime potentially against you, your family or whatever. He's, he's worried about his parents. He's worried about people at home. He's not worried about him there at the track. He's worried about his family life. So he's had all of these emotions that's going through. And instead of responding with anger or hate, he said, I'm going to smile and y'all are going to look at me smile. I'm going to carry on. Um, I, I, I think it's fantastic the way he responded. By the way, he led the Talladega race too, which is, he was cool. in the picture at the end. He was, he was right there. Which at Talladega is a struggle. To, he wasn't upside down flipping like some of the other people at the end of the, <laughs> at the, end of the race yet to be in the picture at the end of the, that race is, it takes brains. That's a chest match, two hundred miles an hour. But it's yeah. Uh, it it was a it was a strange story from the very beginning because we have NASCAR banning the flag. We have a guy protesting by renting a plane and flying a giant Confederate flag over the track. People selling flags at booths that were saying they had record sales, and then all of a sudden you have Bubba Wallace. Uh, coming out um, with, with the Black Lives Matter. Uh, did he have it on the car? Oh, he ran. Uh, he yeah. ran a livery on the car the, the, the week, week before yeah. at Martinsville, or I, I, I've, the, the yeah. NASCAR has been running two weeks. But he, they're running yeah, two he, two races. He put this it on his car prior to Talladega. Or yeah. I have a, to, I have a secret yeah. about race car drivers. And they don't get to decide what goes on the car. The team uh, tells that somebody has paid for the car. Or in their case, I think they're underfunded, so the team has some discretion as to what they're going to run on the car. Um, but the team made the decision. Richard Petty's team made the decision, which really isn't Richard Petty's team. He's more of a yeah, but I'm sure that he was involved the in the conversation. If you're um, putting, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure. But in I'm this sure, day and age, I'm sure it got his blessing. Message, you know? I'm, I'm, sh- I'm absolutely certain it got his blessing. He wore the T-shirt, yes, and then he starts getting asked about it, and all. Well, he was getting asked about it prior to wearing the t-shirt and the car and which like we discussed is why he even started mentioning it. He's wildly uncomfortable the whole time because he's not used to being in the media spotlight like this. And then all of a sudden the, the head honcho 
decides to come to his trailer and tell him that they found a noose hanging in his garage. And holy crap, they send out a press release and everybody's freaking out. And it's NASCAR is lifetime ban for whoever did this. Like well, yeah, under the circumstances, were, what's more likely? Was this going to be more likely that some uh, jackass uh, uh, tied a tied a a knot the wrong way and it looks weird, or is it more likely in the South? When this guy comes out for Black Lives Matter and all these things, is it more likely that somebody got in there, hung this up, thought it was there's funny, no cameras, thought it was, yeah. thought it was whatever, or it was a prank of somebody that had no clue or whatever yeah. of of what what sort of third so, rail they were touching? I mean, the most bizarre, just cir- series of circumstances for that to come together. And you yeah. look at it and you're like, right. this isn't a leap. This isn't like a huge leap no. at all for this to have happened. No. There are forty cars at Talladega. The 43 car got assigned to the one garage that had that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it it wasn't a huge wild coincidence. That is absolutely mind boggling. (laughs) That happens. But who did, who did you say was in the garage in, in 2019 that tied it up? No, 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 no. I I will say that the Wood Brothers team was occupying that garage last year with Paul Menard's car. They, they don't know. Who they don't know. They said it yeah. was there when they got there. So there are at least pictures knows? back that far of, yeah. the, of the night. Like, and it was, you saw a couple of pictures of like one with the truck parked in the, uh, one of the racing trucks and one of them with the car. And you can see the knot hanging there to the left of the garage door. And so you could like, okay, it's, it was there. So they could establish that it was there. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. knows for sure how long it was. It could have been there for three years. Yeah, you don't it, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's like looking at our Henry County forage fairgrounds, right? Like it's a it's a space that gets very busy. But a Bubba few Wallace days a year. wasn't in that garage. No, and that's that's where that's space. where the FBI said I have no idea. Honestly, Bubba's been in the Cup Series since 2017. I don't know if his team had that garage in 2018 or 2017. There's 40 cars a weekend. Very doubtful that he would have had it, but I guess it technically is possible that it could have been his garage in 2018. Yeah. I they run there they, twice a they year. They would have to check it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question, Dakota. It could be a hate crime from three years ago. Yeah, they just, I don't yeah, just, know. Just yeah, the, the roulette wheel just struck again. It's like okay, yeah. Well, that's I mean that I was genuinely curious because yeah. like if it was I don't know how the racing world works. If it was something like oh they know every time that that the racers come they they're in the same stall every year. No, usually they'll line them up based on points okay. for that stuff. I know like the five hundred is a little different, but like for NASCAR they line them up based on points. And yeah, so there so, might be a thing to keep teams together, but I don't even think that that's necessarily the case sometimes. And that that team is a single car entry, right? Yeah. So I it's going to go. Somebody has goes. that information. Somebody they they had to have been able to look back. Oh yeah, I'm sure that there, somebody has a spreadsheet and a chart, and the media would be able to go back and look at you know. Some, usually, it'll just lay them out in a row. It would just be like usually like at Indy for for NASCAR first stall is first car stall would be whoever's first in the points. Kevin Harvick and, okay. and just roll them down the line, and then you go back to the next row and. Go at the end, so it would be it wouldn't be that hard to figure out, and that and just go back and look at pictures because that's how everybody else did. It. I mean, somebody took a picture of every garage stall because they're a fan of one of the drivers, so you see whose cars in what stall, right? And that makes sense. I I don't know. It's I, weird. I de- whenever I saw the pictures come out, I'm, I look at it and I'm like, if I'm on his team, I'd probably say the same thing. Yeah. Well, it, you're extremely it, sensitive it to it, and you you go holy straight up like hell, news. really? Even without yeah. the current context, we're in like a, you go to India and you're like, see something, say something. If you see something that looks kind of suspect and you're like, well, that looks suspect. Like that was mm-hmm. something that looked like something that needed to be reported because yeah, you wonder if his, I, I have no doubts he's getting death threats. 
you know, oh, in Alaska. For sure. And he's, he's, and I actually messaged, I have a friend that lives down in the NASCAR in down in North Carolina. And I said, I hope that NASCAR has got his back because what he's dealing with right now, I can't even comprehend. Like, well, what's, what's amazing is that they rallied around him immediately. And it, it is because of all these factors that are going on. Whereas the NFL, which is you have a lot more African-American players, you have the Kaepernick thing come around and then, yeah, well, the, well we don't want to kneel and we don't want to upset it's people. A, it's da, a da, little, da. the a NFL time gets four money. Years ago. They get money from for the having, military. And yeah. From different Be, because from, of the national the, anthem and bringing the flag out but, on but the field. But an interesting counterfactual would be, what if Kaepernick started kneeling today? Yeah, in this I, climate, I think what would happen? I think it would yeah. be a completely different opinion. I think so too. You know, I th- I was thinking about that the other day. I'm and I'm like ninety nine yeah, from, from the league. I I think these reactionary oh from the holes that the are NFL, on the, the, no, the on the internet the NFL would about be an absolute front running. I agree. Let's see what we yeah. can do. The question is, and our our mutual friend Marshall Pruitt has has talked about this for weeks. It's hey, do, what are you doing more than just doing something on your phone though? Yeah. What what's the NFL yeah. going to do? Yeah. What is NASCAR going to do? What are these athletes going to do to actually affect change? Right? Kaepernick tried to do that, yeah, um, and he he essentially became a martyr for his cause, right. getting himself blackballed out of the NFL to the point now where he's so rusty and out of out yeah, he'll, of work. He'll never he's play again. Back. I mean, he'll never play again. But at the same time, he's got enough. He's not going to go hungry anytime soon. No, he's got he's, his, he's he's Nike got, money from he's five got years things ago. Worked out, but at the same time, I mean, what if you know? It's interesting counterfactual because I think the same people that are uh, that are reacting to Bubble Wallace, the backlash against him, would be the same. They'd be saying the same thing about Kaepernick. Now, I just think that the league would have gotten behind him, and maybe more people would have gotten behind him if the league would have legitimized that rather than the sort of hand wringing. Well, you know, the anthem and. Oh, I don't know, but the you know the the, the commercial people that that give us all their sponsorships goes back to the money, dude. It's it does, but it doesn't though, and, and that's that's what I mean. Is NASCAR losing money on Bubba Wallace right now, or is or are more know. people interested? So I mean, that, so NASCAR. This is this is the unique point. thing about the motorsports world is that it's incredibly interested in individual performance mm-hmm. and the success of the teams. NASCAR doesn't own the forty three car. NASCAR is a sanctioning body. Right. It's not like, you know, Jim Irsay owns one thirty seconds of the NFL. So he, he's, he supervises the commissioner NASCAR. That 43 car is owned by, I want to get it right now. Richard Petty motorsports. It, it's not owned by the series, right? The 43 team has to make the grid. So they have a driver that can get the sponsorship so that that team can exist and they can make payroll. Mm -hmm. So that they can get their part of the of the prize money that NASCAR offers as a promoter, um, there's an entry blank for racing, and your goal is to be the most successful you can as an individual, as mm-hmm. a team, and and the re- results show themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it's very unique from other sports where you you have to perform. Sure. You're only in that seat because you either bring a check like happens in some forms of motorsports where you allow that team to exist or you are competent enough and good enough to be on the grid and to do well. I think Bubba finished 11th or 13th or 14th. The NFL is representation for the players, right? Yeah. They they have a union. They have, yeah, you know, the the, the NFL makes the decision. Maybe it's an an apples and oranges comparison, but I think that NASCAR NASCAR as NASCAR has supported Bubba Wallace immediately. True. I think that's yeah, something the community came that's together. A, that's a huge 
change in, in a positive way. Um, whereas the NFL, again, with, it's just, with the Black Lives Matter stuff and the hand ring, it's just we've got all these white fans, but we have all these black players. And how do we? Right. It, and they're it, so worried about all this corporate crap that it, the, it, it's I, not. I, I it's think not it just goes back be. to the George Floyd case mm-hmm. because it was so it was it was eye opening for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. because every time every other time that there's been an unarmed black man killed by a, a police officer it has been a, one, like one police officer mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, Eric Garner it's been one police officer uh, one unarmed man and the the thing we always hear is well it's just one bad apple mm-hmm. spoils the bunch right but whenever we see George Floyd get murdered by a guy it's we we watched as as three other police officers stood around yeah. and just let a guy do it and and two held him down and two yeah, yeah. two held him, two and he was handcuffed the, yeah and one of them is making jokes and yeah. saying to the camera this is why you don't do drugs kids and the whole time that that's while a man is being murdered right in front of him yeah so then you go okay is this a, a rotten apple or is this a rotten orchard what what do we got going on here? So I it, I think that it was a it was an eye opening experience for a lot of people that maybe they were sitting on the fence whenever Kaepernick was doing his thing, and they were going mm, I don't know because you had a lot of conflicting media stories that were coming out prior, and then this one was just so blatant and yeah. so egregious that I there's I mean right after it happened I I saw. No person excusing what the police yeah, said. Right. There was not a single person Which that is amazing was making because, an excuse. Uh, nevertheless, in any event, somebody's going to support law enforcement. But I, I agree with you. I haven't seen anybody support um, uh, Derek Chauvin uh, with the way he murdered George Floyd. Right. Um, and then you've got other uh, the, the the unrest, and then uh, Breonna Taylor, and and all these yeah. other people um, that there is it, it's a different feel because i think it's because of the covid and we've all been kind of cooped up in our houses and when something's got to change and then you have this match that just lights off well, the and was, box and it's well, an explosion and there's and such it, a a distrust for everything that comes from government right now because of coronavirus too because uh but those aren't the people that are out marching though no what it's a, it's a different type of, I don't know. There's I a distrust of like Anthony Fauci by the MAGA Q people. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's a those separate are, type those, of distrust. The, the MAGA Q people are the ones that would have been rushing to the defense of the police Chauvin. officer in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now there's such a, a disdain for everything that the government has put everything out. Everything that's not Trump. Yeah. So it's if, just if gone. If it's Trump, then they accept it still. But if it's not Trump... <laughs> No, so, <laughs> even though Trump has appointed all these people to be in charge of the COVID nineteen response and all those things, it's a so I I don't know I I just think that this one stung a little bit differently, and I think that um, messaging uh, on that behalf of of the Black Lives Matter protesters was more on point, more mm-hmm. coherent and clear this time around. Any interview that you saw with organizers of these of the protests they were every every one of them was concise they were competent and able to speak clearly about 
what what their beliefs were and they and then because of that the average american went oh these beliefs aren't radical uh they they're not the cultural marxists that we thought them to be they're black lives matter literally just means uh pay attention to this real issue that's right. happening in the community which wasn't the case before i don't know if i don't know if anybody else saw this but there was a um uh, last year, a couple years ago, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter was in a in a video saying that she was a trained in Marxism, whatever that means. I don't know how you get trained in Marxism. You read like Uri Capital like and you read uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Manifesto, and I'm trained, baby. Mm-hmm. So I, they were saying that somebody that somebody the being in charge of somebody being you know a founder or in charge of Black Lives Matter is like saying you founded the Tea Party. It's right. Same, it's like what that means it, is it, that it, it, you are just, just reaching out to media and saying I founded yeah, Black Lives I, Matter. I, I That's this. all that means. Uh, I. They're movements. They're not organizations. It's not like you yeah, can right. call up the president of Black right. Lives Matter, right? And if you are calling up the president of Black Lives Matter, it's because he's the guy that bought the website. Like, it's not... They're, they're, well, it's, the, it's the, a movement. The and, real reactionary MAGA people kind of treat them as if they are the Bolsheviks, and this is like 1917. It's absolutely not the case. It's a it's movement. It's much like more like said, 1968. It, it's like a... It's, I, it, there are a lot of 68 vibes, except... We've been saying that on the show that we feel like we've been living except through Except that... Like Trump is is I feel like is starting to lose grip of of reality, and I Just think starting? he's starting to well right well he's always <laughs> lost grip of reality, but right now especially he's starting to you just see him come off of that plane after that rally that was like half full very disheveled and just he looked like dog crap and he was just ugh and just you know he was defeated you know so that was really interesting to see what I what I what I really think we're seeing with Trump right now is the effects of the presidency are actually starting to impact him. And I don't think he wants it, to be president anymore. Because, well, no, but he doesn't want to be a loser. He doesn't want to be a loser, but he doesn't the, actually want to do the he work. Doesn't, well, it's always, <laughs> he doesn't want to be a loser or a quitter, but, oh, man. It's always been the weird thing with Trump because every single other president prior to him, mm. whenever they got into office and then a side-by-side photo of a few years later, yeah. they looked like they'd aged 20 years. Right. Yeah. Trump... Not the case. It's, he never it's looked any It's all different. the Diet Coke and the McDonald's chemicals mm-hmm. that preserve his body. And the European be, Sudafed. It's a Sudafed. <laughs> he's, he's getting, he's, he's getting like two decades worth of unrest and like just like so much. Could you imagine? In Could you year, imagine just 20, being the president of a nation right now? I mean, just, just right straight now, up. Like in, any, in 2020, just in not even yeah. for like four years. Six months so far. Just, just, just since six February. Month. Yeah, yeah. this six months. But this has been the eventful six months of his yeah. presidency. Every every thing that's happened mm, before yeah, this, he stepped true. in it or it's his, of, of his own making. So every problem that he ever faced was either something he did himself or, or just something he said or whatever. He right. didn't have to face an e- economic meltdown, a global pandemic, and uh, absolute unrest throughout the country over over racism. And, and most presidents are lucky if they get one of those things right. during a presidency. And you just get hit with it all three at the same time. Yeah, he doesn't want to do this. And, the and then you is- go, and then you go, well, I guess I'm going to have a rally. Yeah. I go, <laughs> go be a super spreader of COVID-19. His, someone on his campaign team says, Mr. President, we need to, we need to do a rally. We'll go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they're letting. No, that's the thing. He said, I want to get out of here. 
I want to be in front of the people. Absolutely. Like he Mm -hmm. was, you could see in those press conferences, he was so caged up. He's one of those guys. He, he He gets his energy off. Yeah. He feeds off of people. He doesn't get his energy off of Anthony Fauci saying, yeah, we're probably going to have another spike uh, in the fall. Mm -hmm. Maybe we won't have the NFL this year. Yeah. I mean, he did that. That is just a total bummer level. Now, if he can drink a glass of water one handed and throw it around on a stage, that's where he gets his energy. He talked about that at, at the Tulsa. He did rally. it. Yeah. In front of 6,200 water and threw it. What yeah. a great job. But I, Amazing. He's like, it's he's like, like he's so running I, a marathon. Exactly. That's, like, your, that's your move, isn't it? Yeah. He's like, so I take a drink with this water and I put my hand under it because I don't want to spill any. He's like, you ruin Hilarious. a silk tie. Hilarious. And then, I mean, which is true, objectively speaking. And then he, and he's like, and all of a sudden I have a new disease. <laughs> I thought it was a good joke. Yeah. Like if I heard a comedian tell that joke, it'd be pretty funny. Well, my favorite it's just thing weird. Is the, for, the president. For everyone in these situations, there's a three or four year old Trump tweet that absolutely ages. Yes. Like perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> fine wine. yeah. Sean, if you are watching or listening, uh, Sean is tagged in this. Sean is the curator of the old Trump tweets. Yes, he is. Yes. So just just follow Sean, and he will. Uh, I, I bring uh, <laughs> I bring the the just the finest tweets. <laughs> I, I'm a curator of the internet, more or less. I I do share some of my original thoughts occasionally, but uh, I just there's always something. Twitter has probably broken my brain at this point, <laughs> which it's not good. That's in my final thoughts is actually a little a little Twitter related thing. I've yeah. tried after after. Uh, Last week when Chase was talking about his love for Twitter, I've tried to reapply myself and, mm. and gotten back into it a little bit. Twitter's pretty much for sports. So without mm-hmm. sports happening, Twitter, I just kind of fall away from yeah. it. We'll get there. So let's, let's try to, let's try to circle back and enter final thoughts. We generally work from right to left in the room, which means Sean is on the, uh, on the point first. Did we, did you get everything off your chest in this thing that you wanted to? Is this the sh- the conversation you expected? So, yeah, I think we had a good conversation. Everybody I mean, I think the four of us are all on the same page. I just hope I didn't upset anyone and cause you to lose uh, listeners or ah. insulting Fox News and Donald Trump, things like that that I do. But okay, we promise to be thought provoking and yada yada yada, make you grow yeah. as a person. Yeah, that's our job. That's well, what that's what you sign up for. We warned you in the beginning. It's such a unique time in history, and and people say, "May you live in interesting times." And sometimes I wish that that wasn't the case in 2020, but. We're just in the beginning of this, and I don't even know where it's going to go. And um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in the presidential election. I don't think anybody can tell you what's going to happen in in November. So <laughs> you just got to uh, any literally anything can happen, which is very exciting on on one hand. But on well, a, are we going to have an election? On an uh, well, I I think we'd have to. I I think Trump. That's one thing Trump won't do. We'll see. But again, this is this is meaningless telling you this in June when it's not even we're I mean, not even to November what if, yet. What if we just let the House of Representatives pick the new president? We have no idea. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe maybe uh, Trump's golf caddy will will uh, be the next president. I don't know. I mean, it's just we're we're at the beginning of this. We're we're not at the end, which is very demoralizing in a lot of ways. It's very exhausting in a lot of ways. But uh, to see the positive change something people should focus on. And, and I think uh, Mr. Wallace here and uh, so many other people that are making positive changes in society, trying to get people to think differently. Um, I think that's what we re- need right now. And it's, it's a long haul. It's, I mean, the, this, the racism problem didn't start overnight. It's not going to be finished overnight. We're talking 
centuries of, of systemic racism that, that we're just now trying to address, uh, what, 50 years after desegregation? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. So, I mean, there are people alive right now that could not use the same water fountain. Right. Right. The first, I think that one of the first students in, uh, that was able to go to desegregated school just turned 70 or something like that. 65. Was it Ruby 65. Bridges? 65. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, she's Insane. 65. And I think I saw a thing that like, Insane. In, until 1965, African-American women couldn't vote. Yeah. They didn't get that right until the sixties. I think people like to think, Oh, this stuff's like, this isn't my problem. Like yeah. it's a lot, yeah. all this stuff's a lot more recent why, than yeah. you think. Whenever I got to thinking about this, I made up a timeline. I put it on my Facebook profile and it, I didn't include anything that was biased or uh, my own opinion. Just the history of like how we got to where mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. With, now it's a, I, I read through that timeline, and there's stuff in there that people don't understand or think had happened. And you wouldn't, your brain couldn't tell you that some of that stuff happened, mm-hmm. but it did. And people need to think about it when they think. Well, it's been this many years. It's been a hundred. No, there's been stuff that's been going on. Right. Well, they've been free for forever. Well, they've been free since the Civil War, since 1865. But have they, though? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. And then you get into, I mean, after desegregation, you get into redlining in inner cities. Mm-hmm. You get into... It's systemic. It's, it's yeah. a whole system. It's not just you're slaves and then you weren't. It's It's... All these things of economic yeah. property issues. Now, if it had civil been civil rights issues, if it went somehow miraculously, we w- Abraham Lincoln said no slaves anymore, and then we went, oh okay, <laughs> so they're equal, yeah. and everyone's everyone's perfectly fine, and uh, they can, and uh, a black man can do everything that a white man can do. Yeah. Then maybe by now we would be okay. But that's not what happened because for another hundred years, they were spat upon as second class citizens. And then for decades after desegregation, we segregated them into inner cities and then broke those neighborhoods down by the CIA running crack cocaine into them into the, in the eighties and in the seventies, the CIA performing Still, actually, which still happened until 1994, the CIA had Operation Chaos that was still going on in black inner cities where they would set up brothels in the inner cities and they would dose men with illicit drugs and then study them as they were on the drugs and had sexual relations with women. That happened. Mm. And that was happening in the 90s. Yeah. So that... (laughs) There's well, there's the, not the been 19, an equal the 1993 crime omnibus bill which Joe Biden uh, gleefully passed uh, absolutely wrote. had an effect. Right. He now, wrote you, on now you sound like you're on the Trump team. Now I'm, was, now I'm team. Well, it's the other guy's not that great. Having a binary choice is that great. Joe Biden that, is the author that you guys of appreciate. I'm, I'm voting for the other Joe, Joe Jorgensen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Joe. I'm on Joe's team. No e. I am. I am all about. I I believe. My beliefs are what this country was founded on, that every man was created equally and is endowed in unalienable rights. And that's that's it. 
That's what was written in the Declaration of Independence. And that is that is what should have been happening from the beginning. And it ensures an equal opportunity for all people. Mm-hmm. And for hundreds of years now, black Americans have not been afforded an equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. And where we need to work as a society is not is not you know, ensuring uh, equity and equal outcomes. We just need to make sure that everyone is at least giving, getting a fair share, shake at things. That's it. That's all we need to do. All right. For Sean, if anybody needs to contact you because they ran a foul, how do they, uh, how do they hit up the uh, law offices? Of you can, you can uh, find me at Galleon around law office, LLP five, nine, five, New York Avenue. Newcastle, Indiana, four seven three six two. You're potent anywhere in Indiana. My number seven six five seven six five five two nine three seven eight seven. I'm happy to help with any criminal defense issues, family law. Uh, my partner does a lot of uh, estate work, wills, things like that. So we we uh, we do just about everything. You can cover it all. We can do just about everything. All right, Zachary Bertram. I it, it occurred to me as we're sitting here, and I sent you the lyrics of a Tim Wilson song. Yeah, a little Timmy ago. Wilson. <laughs> I told you, I was like, look at us like, oh, I know what that song is. Okay, yeah. I can hear that song on my head. So Tim Wilson sang a song. It's called the NASCAR song. And it started out, she named me Dale, Daryl, Walter, Richard Petty, Awesome, Bill, Irvin, Gordon, Earnhardt, Smith, Johnson, Jr. I, I, I thought about those lyrics and I said, my God, Bubba Wallace was born to be a NASCAR driver because his name is Daryl Wallace, Jr. They named him Bubba. So he's literally the names in the song are him, right? Like it's just, he's he's born to be a NASCAR driver. So I'm glad he's got a shot, and you know, hopefully he has some success here. What do you think, Zach? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll pump L and K for Cade. Um, <laughs> get on the list now because I feel like they're they're almost backed up to like December or something like that to get to get beef for him. I think, but um, just this whole time is going to be uncomfortable for people. And if you go through the whole thing and you feel super comfortable at everything, you're probably not like listing enough because I try, I'm like, so I've tried to find people like, so I can understand stuff that's going on. So just be comfortable with being uncomfortable and try to see both sides of some of the arguments. But and if somebody can come up with a good justification for the Confederate flag, I'd love to hear it. Cause I still haven't heard it yet, but yeah, me too. Dead, 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 if you send it to Zach, send it to me. <laughs> but um, I will correct because somebody gave me false information about African-American women been able to vote for longer than that. But but some of that stuff, I, the point is that when it comes to history, as Dakota was saying, some of that stuff, look into what's been going on. And when it, so I, somebody describes systemic racism as racism that happens without anybody having to do anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a racist to get systemic racism. It just happens. So mm-hmm. um, just try and be understanding and listen to people. And I mean, nobody really owes you answers necessarily, but try and keep your eyes open and your ears open and maybe you'll learn something and you'll be a little more knowledgeable about the world. I did pick up my L and K beef box this weekend. Uh, I just picked up on North, North Meridian Meridian, on, on North, uh, North Memorial, not North Meridian, North Memorial drive here in Newcastle. Uh, and they had a whole lot of ground beef available. So you can still get ground beef and some other products. So if you just walk in, they have they have a handful of items. I think the beef boxes they want to put a little. Sometimes bit Sometimes they'll extra. post up on their website what they got available, and I think yeah. the donut sales open up this weekend. Donuts and some of the produce sales. D squared. I don't have a whole lot of final thoughts. I had a really interesting. Oh, good, I have a bunch. <laughs> I had a really interesting story in uh, 
the Patreon portion, and I feel like um, a, a lot of people need to hear that. So if you, you know, it, it's pretty crazy. We get into some real details. It is the most vulnerable time of my entire life, and that's all I'm going to say about it. There were some very you adult to, words. Yep. You have to join the Patreon to hear about it. But, uh, yeah. It won't, it won't happen again because you got rid of your Buick, so you'll go back to, like, the normal physicals. Yeah. Because you had the Buick, so you got the Buick consistent. That's right, yeah. Yeah, no more uh, senior citizen. You're back on the solid food plan. You don't have to have, you don't have to drink <laughs> applesauce because you drive the Buick. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Um, I wanted to blame the Indianapolis Star for a minute. They're, uh, I think they've gotten rid of a whole lot of people, and I don't know what moron is running their fa- their Twitter page. But the Indy Star, uh, since this has been the motorsports episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap back to this. Next weekend, the uh, the city of Indianapolis is hosting NASCAR and IndyCar for the very first time. We have a unified motorsports world where the the two biggest series, American series, are going to be racing together at the same racetrack over the same weekend. Saturday, the IndyCar is going to be at the, on the on running the Grand Prix on the infield road course. The AAA team that we talked about, the Xfinity, is going to run the same road course on Saturday, and then the Cup cars are going to run on Sunday. Unfortunately, because of COVID, no fans. But what are we going to do? So the Indy Star in their sports Twitter page on June twenty second, Monday, is that Monday? They said, "Attention, motorsports fans, we want to hear from you." Ahead of the historic IndyCar and NASCAR double hutter, July 4th and July 5th, we want to know what you think. Which series is better? NASCAR and NASCAR fan, NASCAR and IndyCar fans, leave a reply below and debate. So they're just completely trying to cause a debate. Instead of celebrating the unity and, and supporting motorsports and everything else, they've gone back to the 1996 playbook of two racing series, divide them, conquer them, and this is, this is what we're going to do. There's, so, and there's a lot going on. Penske's first race since he bought the track. There's a lot going yeah. on besides, like, there's, let's, let's tear each other apart. Let's, you you got to get comments. You got to get people lit up in the comments section. They, they got like, comments. Like Mac from uh, Sunny, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Who who versus? Who are we against? Who versus? <laughs> <laughs> they got. I play both sides to that. I, play both I sides. always <laughs> wind up on top. <laughs> <laughs> they got so many replies. It was it was unreal. It was ugly. <laughs> Uh, and I'm I'm glad for it personally. Yeah. Um, I want some more good Mac quotes. <laughs> I'll pepper one in every time I'm on. Here about I'm I'm excited that uh, that motorsports is at the top of the uh, top of the sports food chain right now. Racing is an individual sport. It's uh, it it doesn't care if you're a guy. It doesn't care if you're a girl. It doesn't care if you're uh, if you're from the United States or outside of the country. It doesn't care if you're black or white. It's all about who can have the skill to complete the stated distance of the race fastest. That's it. That's all that matters. Uh, I think it's it's a fantastic um, it's a fantastic medium to to showcase technology and individual athleticism and skill and strategy. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad we all got to, to to squeeze one more episode of Boss Hog in on it. Uh, I'm confident that uh that everybody's learned a little something today and hopefully we uh we're all a little more open-minded and ready to have uh ready to have conversations and listen to each other thank you all very much for joining us today dakota's got something now, who's gonna a, press the button i have a mac quote <sighs> and it's uh, COVID 19 related this is what we'll leave news. you with 
smoke some cigarettes. It'll smother out the bacteria in your stomach. <laughs> Peace. We will see you guys on Tuesday of next week. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.